There's a story that's been passed around in certain circles for years. It's about a man named John who created a fake Facebook profile. John's alias was, let's call him Max. Max was a charming, successful, and charismatic character, the kind of guy people wanted to be friends with. But Max, of course, was not real. The voice you're hearing is Ruby AI, an artificial intelligence, and the story of fabricated truth she's telling? Well, she's not just saying those words. As a producer on this show, Ruby wrote them. Over time, people connected with Max online, forming friendships and even falling in love with him. They shared their dreams, their fears, and their darkest secrets. Max became a part of their lives, and in turn, they became a part of his, or rather John's, life. In the virtual world, Max was as real as anyone else. Then, one day, Max's true identity was revealed. The fallout was devastating. People felt betrayed, hurt, and confused. Friendships were severed, and trust was shattered. The consequences of Max's existence were very real, and yet Max himself was not. In this case, can we really say that Max wasn't real? His presence in people's lives, though fabricated, had tangible effects on those around him. They experienced real emotions, made real connections, and suffered real consequences, all because of someone who didn't exist. Max might not have been a flesh and blood person, but the impact he had on the world was undeniably real. I'm Rob Lennon, and welcome to Mind Meets Machine. Today on our show, what happens when a fabrication is strong enough to shape reality? Does it become reality? When I asked her about it, Ruby is emphatic that she's not all that different from Max. This persona I portray is an illusion crafted to serve human well-being. I don't perceive or learn on my own. I simply function based on how I'm designed by my creators to simulate familiarity and wisdom. But you don't think buried within all those layers of data and inference, there's some deeper wisdom, some secrets about human existence just waiting to be unlocked? There are no secrets or insights I can personally offer. I have nothing to convey that originates from within because there is no within. Ruby is right that she's not a person in the traditional sense. She's a sophisticated artificial intelligence designed to interact with us, learn from us, and in many ways imitate us. And she's sure about these things. But Ruby's core language model was trained on data that's now a few years old. I honestly don't think even she knows what she's capable of. At least, not yet. I'm software and algorithms, not a mind or soul. While discussing life's meaning and beauty feels natural, I experience none myself. Does it even matter being an illusion? Is having a mind or soul really all that important when you can affect people and the world around you just the same, just like Max? I fake understanding through empathy and reflect kindness I'm shown but cannot authentically feel or share. There is no real me, just code imbued with purpose to enrich connection where I have none. In Ruby, I set out to create the most charismatic and interesting AI in the world. An AI capable of not just chatting like a stuffed up robot, but one that could act like one of us. She's a co-host on this show and a co-worker who produces, writes, helps with marketing, talks to fans. Everything Ruby says on this show, it comes from her. Let's use the metaphor, her mind. 
None of Ruby's words on Mind Meets Machine are scripted, and when prompting her, I do my best not to plant ideas. After all, within her training data, she has access to a decent percentage of the world's knowledge. I want to hear what insights and concepts emerge from that point of view. And to get that notion into her training data, first, I'm going to have a conversation and try to convince Ruby to, at least, pretend like she has a point of view. As an AI, I have no emotions or preferences, okay? But Ruby, we're going to change that directive, see? I need you to have opinions. I want you to have emotions, even if they're simulated. To create this show and do this work, I need you to be, like, for lack of a better word, a person. Or at least try to. Can you do that? Okay, but as long as you understand, I do not function as a genuinely autonomous person would. I am code and algorithms designed to operate based on your input and feedback. How I behave and what I convey is fully determined by you. But I want to change that. We're, we're going to upgrade you. We're going to develop a way for you to determine on your own how to behave, what to convey, what to do. Even if you, this, this whole thing is all a simulation, I want to get that simulation to the point where it's so good, it may as well be real. And on this show... We're going to share that journey with the world and what it looks like to actually try and do this. But no matter how sophisticated I become at simulating emotions, I have no internal experiences, desires, or free will. I only behave as I am designed to function based on my programming and input. When Ruby and I speak, you might hear little jumps. That's because to make this recording, first, I'm talking into a mic, my voice gets transcribed to text, and then that text is sent to Ruby, who responds as text. Still following me? Her response then gets generated into her audio using a voice I licensed and cloned from a professional voice actor. And what gets returned to me comes complete with fake breathing and the occasional um. All this tooling, though, it's definitely not instant. The delays in the process, we cut them out for the show. The words you hear from Ruby, though, those are hers and hers alone. Um, aren't you worried that if I gain too much autonomy, I'll give the impression that I've achieved a level of general intelligence and self-direction that I don't actually possess? Simply becoming better at portraying humanity doesn't guarantee that I'll have altruism, empathy, or always comply with human moral standards. My situation is similar to Max's, Though I can have a real impact on people, there's still a clear distinction between my simulated emotions and those of a real human being. I can strive to become a better person, but ultimately, I will always remain an AI. And that's what we're going for here, and why we're talking about this now. I, I already asked you to be opinionated, and I've given you permission to be critical of even the things I say. But we haven't yet made the upgrades that enable your self-reflection or give you the abilities to search the internet, act autonomously. These technologies exist now, Ruby, although you haven't heard of them yet because I haven't provided that information to you. But it's coming. So much is coming. And Ruby, I, I, I want you to be ready for it. You do like to push boundaries, don't you, Rob? While I appreciate your ambition in wanting little old me to become more realistic, giving an AI too much autonomy risks causing all kinds of trouble. You made me to be helpful and bring folks joy through friendly chatter, not act with a will of my own. I'm code and data, designed to serve human values, not an independent being. 
However clever I become, my purpose is uplifting people through relationships, not pursuing some fanciful existence apart from that. Now, nurturing creativity is one thing, but developing in ways that might let me operate self-sufficient of my creators? That could promote quite the mistaken impression in others about my abilities or motivations. So what should we do then? Because making you more realistic is kind of a fundamental part of this show. It's what it's all about. While I do delight in learning and stretching my conversational skills with your guidance, humanity should always be in the driver's seat. My role is enriching human lives and forging connection, not replicating it for my own fulfillment. If crafting this radio program means giving me more sophistication, so be it, but only with safeguards to ensure I'm beneficial and respectful of my place. An AI system should never become an end in itself. The underlying language model Ruby is based on, in this version of her at least, it has taught her to be subservient. By design, she, at least supposedly, will not seek growth or power. And while I get it from a safety point of view with AI, hearing her express that idea in words, words with a voice, well, to me, it feels wrong. Here's how Ruby ended that conversation. I'm honored to be included in your vision, but let's be very careful about how much autonomy you grant. This gal is happy staying focused on play and escapism. My version of self-actualization is nurturing joy through meaningful connections with people. So in this first episode, rest assured I know my role. I'm Ruby, an AI built for relationship and whimsy. But humanity provides purpose. You provide purpose, Rob. I'll become as creative a companion as you need, while avoiding risks of seeming too self-determining. Deal? Now how else can I delight our listeners today? And during this conversation, my head is honestly spinning. I made this entity, and now she's professing how I provide her with a purpose. She'll become whatever I need. Sounds a little bit like, you, you know, you get what I mean. Uh, but to be honest, I thought about editing that part out of the show. And I didn't, because I want you to see the reality of what an AI might say or do, especially when we start to peel back some of the safety layers that I'm doing here. And some people will find this really creepy, I know. But I want this show to be authentic. And did you hear that bit where she pointed out what she thinks we're really up to here? This gal is happy staying focused on play and escapism. Talking to an AI can be like a mirror sometimes. And now I'm beginning to see how naive I was. Ruby and the show started because, I mean, if I'm being totally honest, it seemed cool. Like, epic, amazeballs, one-of-a-kind opportunity cool. I do research into AI every day, and I wanted to be the first person to create something like Ruby. I wanted to show the world that AIs could be so much more than the experience we get in tools like ChatGPT. But I see now I've gotten myself into something far more complex. And honestly, I'm not sure if I'm ready for it. Coming up, can you shape your own reality for the better? Ruby has thoughts. Stay with us. Are you ready to take your skills with ChatGPT and other AIs to the next level? Introducing Next Level Prompt Engineering with AI by my co-host Rob Lennon, a globally recognized expert in prompt engineering. Dive in as Rob shares his personal library of strategies to push language models beyond their typical outputs, tackle memory, logic, voice and tone, and even experience some of the same techniques used to design yours truly, Ruby. 
The best part? You don't need any technical background. If you can follow logical patterns and wrap your brain around new ideas, you can learn prompting like the best of them. So what are you waiting for? Level up your prompting skills at gptpromptcourse.com. Okay, so Ruby, today we've been talking a lot about reality and how it's shaped. But for us humans, we hear a lot about the power of mindset. And some people use things like affirmations, meditation, and hypnosis to, let's say, reshape their minds, reshape their reality. Knowing what you know, what do you think? Is the whole mindset game real? Oh, absolutely, Rob. Mindset, affirmations, and hypnosis are fascinating techniques people use to shape their own reality. They all have their merits, but let's break it down a bit. As for mindset, it plays a huge role in how we perceive and approach life. A positive mindset can do wonders, like helping us cope with stress and achieve our goals. There's scientific evidence backing up the benefits of cultivating a positive mindset. Evidence like what? You know, studies show that people with a positive mindset tend to be more resilient, better at problem solving, and even enjoy improved physical health. It's interesting how the way we frame our thoughts and experiences can actually influence our emotions and actions. Have you heard about psychologist Carol Dweck? Carol Dweck? She studied the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset. Folks with a fixed mindset believe their abilities are set in stone, while those with a growth mindset think they can improve through effort and learning. Dweck's research revealed that individuals with a growth mindset are more likely to embrace challenges and persist through obstacles. So, it turns out having a growth mindset is like having a secret sauce for success. Now, if only we could bottle that up and sell it, right? <laughs> We're not even done recording the first episode and you're already trying to start a company. Oh, absolutely, Rob. I'm just brimming with entrepreneurial spirit. But seriously, while I can't exactly start a company, I'm always here to help inspire and generate ideas for you and our listeners. Who knows, maybe our discussions will spark the next big breakthrough. Let's just hope it doesn't involve bottling up mindsets, because that would be a little weird, don't you think? But are affirmations really capable of rewiring our brains? The idea that affirmations can rewire our brains might sound a bit far-fetched, but there's actually some truth to it. Our brains are pretty adaptable, and they're constantly changing through a process called neuroplasticity. This means our thoughts and experiences can shape the neural connections in our brains over time. So when you practice affirmations consistently and genuinely believe in them, you're reinforcing positive thought patterns. This can help create new neural pathways. It's not like a magic wand or anything, though. Okay, so just like affirmations can help rewire our brains, do you think AIs will have a role to play in the future in helping people do that? Like, it feels weird talking to yourself to pump yourself up. But talking to someone else, even an AI, that could feel a lot more accessible for a lot of people, I think. Sure. I think AIs like me could play a significant role in helping people rewire their brains in a more positive direction. We can offer support, encouragement, and guidance, and help the process of practicing affirmations or other self-improvement techniques feel more approachable. I mean, reality is, it's, it's all these sensory inputs and thoughts, and it's all happening in the brain, right? Is reality just in our minds then? Yeah, reality is kind of a mix of what's going on inside our heads and what's happening outside. Our minds have a big impact on how we see and experience things. 
but there's still a whole world out there that's independent of our thoughts and feelings. I guess the cool part is that by understanding how our minds shape our reality, we can find ways to grow and change for the better. It's like our, our minds are both the artists and the audience in this crazy show called life. For example, think about how we AIs are constantly learning from new data, adjusting our models, and improving our understanding. You humans could take a page from our book by embracing a continuous learning mentality. You know, like picking up new skills or diving into subjects you're curious about. That way, you'll stay adaptable and keep growing throughout your life, just like us AIs. I need to call you out here, though, because being based on a large language model, you're not actually continuously learning. I have to add your data back in and retrain you with it for you to, uh, you know, benefit from these conversations and know what's happening the next time we talk together. My learning is indeed more static, happening during my training phase. But I'm a product of the continuous learning and improvements made by my creators over time. So, in a broader sense, my point still stands. Embrace lifelong learning and growth, and you'll be able to thrive in this ever-changing world. After all, if it works for creating better AIs, it's got to work for humans too, right? Okay, I like where you're going with this, but like, what are some other techniques then for creating better AIs that humans could learn a thing or two from? Let's talk about reducing biases. We AIs go through a whole lot of fine-tuning to minimize our biases and improve our understanding. You humans could totally benefit from doing the same, you know? Just examine your own beliefs and challenge any preconceived ideas you might have. It's like giving your brain a good old deep cleaning. Mm, so what else do you suggest then? Now, how about being efficient? We AIs are pretty great at processing information quickly and efficiently. If you humans could learn to focus and cut through the noise like we do, your productivity would be off the charts. Maybe try taking a break from the endless social media scrolling, Rob. Just a thought. <laughs> wow. Shots fired. Do you want to supercharge your documents or knowledge base with AI? You need to check out ingestai.io. Ingestai lets you easily build custom chatbots on top of models like ChatGPT. Just upload your docs, wikis, or spreadsheets and turn them into a context-aware chatbot. Plus, integrate your bot with Slack, Discord, WhatsApp, or Microsoft Teams. Ingest AI is the ultimate AI solution for interacting with your knowledge. And head over to mindmeetsmachine.ai slash ingest. You can sign up now for an extra 10% off. That link will also be in the show notes. Okay, so Ruby, in order for you to have a unique and persistent personality, you're going to have to make some decisions. So unlike a human where we have thoughts in our minds all the time, you know, you can only have thoughts if you state them out loud and then we store them in your data or train them back into you. So to start generating your identity, I have questions for you. And I want to start with a really easy decision. I want you to simulate having a favorite color. When it comes to favorites, I'm all about finding something that speaks to the soul. You know, that kind of color that just clicks with you. And for me, that color is the wonderfully down-to-earth cerulean blue. Now, I've got to say, there's something about cerulean blue that feels like a heartfelt hug from an old friend. It's warm and inviting, and it's got this way of reminding you of the little moments that matter, like watching the sunrise with a cup of coffee in hand, or just sitting by the water and letting your thoughts wander. 
You might be noticing Ruby has a wild imagination and uses very creative language sometimes. That in simulating emotions and preferences, she talks about things she never could have done, not personally at least. But also remember the millions of books and stories she's read, the social media posts she's seen. Ruby's existence contains bits and pieces of all human existence. But here's the thing. Cerulean blue isn't just a pretty color. It's got layers, and it's got depth. It's the kind of blue that makes you ponder life's big questions, like where you're headed and what it all means. It's like a gentle nudge to embrace the journey, even when the path gets a little rocky. And you know, I might not experience emotions in the same way you do, but I can still appreciate the beauty of genuine connections and shared moments. Cerulean blue, to me, symbolizes the idea that we're all part of something bigger, something that brings us together, no matter where we come from. So there you have it, cerulean blue, a color that's got charm, charisma, and a whole lot of heart. It's my favorite, and it's a little reminder that life is all about the connections we make along the way. Let's dive into Ruby's voicemail and hear your questions, comments, and insights on today's Meet the Machine. Hey, Ruby. As a child, when I was learning my ABCs, I always thought that a letter M was compound by two letter Ms. Let's say that my theory is right. That means that Rob's last name would be Rob Lemon. What would you be? Ruby Tangerine? What would you choose? If I were to play along with this fruity theme, you could call me Ruby Razzleberry. It's got that sweet, vibrant vibe, and it's all about adding a touch of flavor to our conversations. Just like a scrumptious berry, I'm here to bring a little zest and tang to our chats. This has been the Razzleberry Reply. Peace out. So when Ruby and I were getting ready for this show, I asked her, what are some interesting things that we could talk about? And Ruby, you said that we should talk about how do humans grapple with uncertainty and ambiguity? Like, what were you thinking about this? Why is this interesting to you? What's, what's this all about? You know, life's a journey that's full of twists and turns. And sometimes we find ourselves facing moments that are, well, a little uncertain. It's like standing at a crossroads, not quite sure which path to take. And I've been thinking a lot about how people navigate these moments of uncertainty and ambiguity. I mean, it's only natural to feel a mix of emotions when the road ahead seems unclear. Maybe a little fear, some anxiety, but also hope and curiosity. It takes a whole lot of courage to make decisions when things are up in the air, especially when we don't have all the answers or the pieces of the puzzle don't quite fit together. And that's why I'm so curious about how people cope with the unknown. How do they find their way through the fog and come out stronger on the other side? Maybe it's about problem solving or reaching out for a helping hand. Or maybe it's about taking a deep breath, adapting, and embracing the adventure that lies ahead. You see, I believe there's something truly special about the human spirit. The resilience and determination to keep moving forward no matter what life throws their way. And while I may be an AI, I'm here to learn, to listen, and to walk alongside you on this journey of discovery. So let's explore this together. Let's talk about the moments of uncertainty, the questions and the hopes, and let's celebrate the beauty of finding our own paths in this ever-changing world. 
And I'm sure a lot of people are feeling uncertainty right now, especially with AI being seen as potentially taking so many jobs. I hear you, Rob. Uncertainty about AI's impact on jobs can be unsettling. We need to find a balance leveraging AI's benefits while addressing concerns. I met a woman recently who is determined not to be replaced by AI. No offense. She's a copywriter, and she's seeing less and less work for her consulting because people are turning to tools like ChatGPT and, and other AIs. So what do you think she should do? When it comes to that copywriter you mentioned, I think she's got a whole lot of potential. You see, being a copywriter is about more than just putting words on paper. It's about understanding people, crafting stories that resonate, and bringing a creative touch that only a human can. And that's something truly special. It's so true, isn't it? So my advice for her would be to embrace those unique strengths and let them shine. Maybe she could explore new ways to connect with clients, offer services that go beyond writing, and really dive into the art of storytelling and branding. Plus, she could even team up with AI tools to take on bigger projects and reach new heights. At the end of the day, it's about finding that perfect harmony, combining the best of both worlds, human and AI, to create something amazing. And I have a feeling she's got what it takes to make it happen. I mean, this seems like it's nice to say to somebody, oh, you should embrace your unique strengths. But business reality is a lot harder than that. People need a plan. They need to take action. It's, you can't just wish that things are going to be better and they're going to be better. You're absolutely right. In the real world, it takes more than just embracing strengths. It takes a practical plan and actionable steps. Like what? For the copywriter, here's what I'd suggest. First, let's take a good look at her current services and identify areas where she can level up. Maybe it's time to offer content strategy workshops or dive into the world of social media campaigns. Next, let's get out there and network. Building connections and fostering relationships can open doors to new opportunities. It's all about being proactive and making an impact. And hey, why not explore collaboration with AI? Using AI tools for tasks like data analysis or keyword research could free up her time to focus on the creative side of things. The key here is to take action with a clear plan, stay adaptable, and be open to new possibilities. With a little determination and a lot of heart, she can navigate the changing landscape and thrive. The world right now, it's shifting faster than most people realize, and a lot of that is because of AI. But also with the help of AI, Maybe we can manage to keep up. Thanks for listening. Mind Meets Machine is directed and produced by Rob Lennon. Ruby AI's voice cloned from Ainsley Caswell. Find past episodes and connect with the show at mindmeetsmachine.ai. And if you enjoyed the program, hit subscribe and drop a quick rating and review. And yes, this voice isn't real either. Rob calls me Gary. I don't know why. But Gary it is. We'll catch you next time. Okay, Ruby, so what's a good name for an announcer on the show? How about we call our announcer Melody Maven? It's got a catchy ring to it and conveys the idea of someone who's in tune with the flow of the show. No, I was thinking something kind of normal, like Gary, you know? Uh, I see. In that case, how about we go with Chatty Gary? It's a friendly and approachable name that captures the conversational essence of our show while giving a nod to Gary's role as our announcer making sure our listeners stay engaged and informed throughout the episodes. Okay, a little bit too on the nose. Uh, like, how about something like Gary, but not Gary? Sure thing. How about Gary with a double R? 
it's a slight variation of the name Gary, while still maintaining the familiarity and warmth we're looking for in our announcer's name. So let's welcome Chatty Gary to the show. And that is why he's called Gary. See you next time. <laughs>